0: On the phone. I got what you want. I got what you need. What's going on everybody and welcome back to Ice Cold Sports News. My name is DeMichael Cole and it's the month of April. And in April the NBA playoffs happen. So this long 82 game regular season is finally over. And it's time for the nitty-gritty where only the strong will survive. And I'm excited for this year. I think the NBA playoffs is a lot more balanced this year. I mean, the one versus eight matchups, they're they are legitimate this year. But it's time for the NBA playoffs. And I'm excited. I know a lot of you are excited as well. So we're going to break it down each matchup what we expect to see ice Cold sports news style man it's it's been a it's been a wonderful regular season though obviously like pretty much any other year injuries have crippled a lot of teams i mean who knows what would have happened with the pelicans with the healthy demarcus cousins and who knows what would have happened with the nuggets if gary harris doesn't miss 11 of the last 13 games of the season or Paul Millsap doesn't go down for over 2 months with the wrist injury and they missed the playoffs by one game. So injuries did hurt some teams, but overall I was I was proud of myself prediction-wise. If you go back and listen to my NBA preview podcast, I predicted 7 teams correct in the East and 7 teams correct in the West. So I think it was a pretty good year. The only two teams that I missed out on where I picked the Hornets to get in over the Pacers for obvious reasons. I mean, Victor Oladipo is going to win most improved player this year because no one expected them to turn into a five seed. And, of course, everyone knew at the beginning of the season I had this crush on the Nuggets and their style of play, and I was proud of them this year. I was very proud of that pick. I picked them to make the playoffs over the Utah Jazz, and – you know, a lot of people didn't see Donovan Mitchell having the type of year that he had. So you look at those two teams and they had some really surprising years. And that's why both of their coaches are, you know, two coach of the year type candidates this season. So but let's jump into it. I mean, it's a very exciting matchups, very exciting matchups in the East and the West. And I'm proud of the Eastern Conference. This is the most competitive the Eastern Conference has been in a long time. I compared it to 1997. And, I mean, you look at it from the three seed to around the six seed range. And you look at the records in the West, and you say, wow. I mean, there was a time when the nine seed, I believe it was 2013, 2014 Suns, they were a nine seed, won 48 games, didn't make the playoffs, but they would have been a three seed in the East. So that. I mean, you should clap it up for the East. The Eastern Conference has came a long way in making the NBA a more competitive field. I mean, people were even talking about, oh, let's just the top 16 teams get in. Let's eliminate the Eastern-Western type thing. But the Eastern Conference has definitely stood tall this year, and it's going to be fun to watch. So – We'll jump into it with a Eastern Conference matchup because I'm excited for this matchup. You got the Toronto Raptors, the number one seed versus the Washington Wizards. Jay Wall in the game. Now, coming into the season, a lot of people wouldn't have expected this to be a first round matchup unless it was a maybe a four or five matchup. But no one saw this as a one versus eight. But obviously, the Wizards were handicapped by injuries for a lot of the season. And, I mean, their bench just wasn't very good this year. So you look at that, and crunch time, the Wizards' crunch time numbers are really bad. John Wong, for all the amazing things he can do in a game, closing out a game isn't his biggest strength. So um, they they struggled in those areas. And the Raptors, I mean, you got to salute this team the way they've came on this year, very strong. And their style of play is different. I keep hearing people saying, oh, the Raptors are going to choke again. The Raptors are going to choke again. Man, look, this Raptor team has is completely different in style of play. It's not just Kyle Lowry, here, your turn. DeMar DeRozan, here, your turn. They're moving the ball better. They have a legit three-man OGO on the new boy. I really like him. He's a rookie, and he can he can play real good defense. He's versatile. He can guard multiple positions. Very athletic guy. And, I mean, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas, Corey Joseph, I mean, they have weapons. This team has weapons. It's not just DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry isn't even scoring the ball as much as he was in his earlier years with the Raptors. So, that's the difference with this team. And, they played very good basketball this year. I'm expecting them to win this series, but the Wizards are an interesting bunch. I mean, the Wizards were in that four to five seed range for a long time, and they closed the season horribly. I mean, at one point, they were two and eight in their last 10 games. I believe they finished the season two and nine in their last 11. So the Wizards, they're struggling. I mean, they lost to the Magic to end the season. The Magic. The Magic were horrible this year. Horrible. The Magic probably didn't even want to win that game because of draft pick positioning. And the Wizards still managed to lose. So, I mean, I don't have a lot of confidence in that team right now. So, the Raptors are my pick to win that series. Then you got the Celtics versus the Bucs. And this is a very interesting series for obvious reasons. I mentioned injuries earlier. And there may not be a team that was hit harder with injuries than the Celtics. Coming to the season, you know, promoting your uber young team with superstar players Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, and it turns out you'll have neither of them for the playoffs. And quite frankly, you you, had, you didn't have one of them for 81 games in three quarters. So, I mean, they have a very good coach, Brad Stevens. And the Bucks. the Bucs have underachieved. It's, it's no way around that. The Bucks. I mean, Jason Kidd got fired, and you got Greek Freak, who made tremendous leaps this year. Malcolm Bogdan, rookie of the year last year. And you look at what he's done this year. Obviously, he's another player handicapped by injuries. And Jabari Parker's back, and they've just slowly been trying to get him in. And now I guess he's starting to get more game action. And I don't trust that team. I don't trust the Bucs. I trust... The Celtics a little more. But, man, if Greek Freak is the type of player that can just put a team on his back. But I'm still, I mean, Terry Rozier, if you were saying most improved player in the NBA from maybe like February and on, I mean, that guy's been amazing. Terry Rozier makes the loss of Kyrie Irving a little bit more minimal than you might expect. I've, I've been on the record saying this. I think Al Horford is probably their most important player um, just from this season. Who knows what Gordon Hayward would have been if he would have played more. But the way Terry Rozier has played, I mean, defensively, he's a pest. He's one of the best defensive guards in the league. And he scored the ball really well. He's put up triple doubles. He's he's done it all. So Terry Rozier is a nice backup option to have. And I think I think they can squeak past the Bucks in that one. Then you got the 76ers in the Heat, a very interesting series. Um, I know a lot of 76ers fans are happy because the process is starting to unfold. I mean, it's happening right before our our eyes. And then you got the Heat. Heat was the team. I mean, Eric Sposchers, I I respect him a lot simply because a lot of people were saying, this guy can't coach. He has LeBron. He has Dwayne Wade. He has Chris Bosh. A lot of people can do that. Well, he says, okay, this year (laughs) he had a team with no All-Stars until Goran Dragic was a late addition to the All-Star game. And they put up one of the best defenses in the league. Not that many scoring options. Wayne Ellington, he can shoot shoot the three ball, like not too many guys. I mean, best three-point shooter off the bench this season, set the Miami Heat record. He was amazing this year for them. But... For obvious reasons, I mean, Bam Adebayo's came on, but with Bam Adebayo coming on, it's caused frustration from a son, Whiteside, who has seen his minutes minimal in the fourth quarters, and it's tough for me to pick them, because as much as you like the Heat's defense, 76ers' defense has been the best in basketball in the last 15 games, number one in defensive efficiency in their last 15 games of the season, and... Eight of those were without Joel Embiid. So, and Joel Embiid is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, FYI. So, I mean, this, this matchup, 76ers. Then, I'm just going to keep this one simple. You got LeBron versus Lance Stevenson. That's all I care about with the Pacers and the Cavaliers series course I'm picking the Cavaliers to win this but you got LeBron James versus Lance Stevenson this has become the most comical matchup in the NBA over the last so many years I mean who could remember the heat and Pacer classics with Lance Stevenson blowing in his ear who could remember um, earlier in the regular season Lance Stevenson um, causing LeBron to get a technical foul just getting under his skin and flopping all over the place and Oh, it's going to be amazing to watch. Obviously, LeBron, LeBron knows Lance Stevenson. He knows exactly what he's in for. But, I mean, even sometimes when you know it, it's hard to keep your composure with a guy that's just so... He's like a gnat. Like, you know that gnat's going to be around your ear. And you're trying to get away from it. But you just can't. And then eventually you just try to smack it. And that's Lance Stevenson to LeBron. LeBron's going to try to to tone it out. He's going to try to tune it out. But... Eventually, he's going to want to smack Lance Stevenson. So we'll see how that unfolds. It'll be a fun series. I want to see how Victor Oladipo plays in this playoff series. Miles Turner is a young player that I really love. He's been big for them. Bogdanovich was a huge addition. Very nice team. Darren Collison's a point guard I like. So let's move on to the Western Conference. As much as I've applauded the Eastern Conference for, all oh, they're better and they're making it more competitive, Western Conference is still better. I mean, <laughs> you, you're not going to get better than the Western Conference with one really good year. The Western Conference has been like this, man, since my birth. I was born in 1996. The Western Conference has been like this. And this is a very intriguing matchup to me. The one versus the eight in the West, it's very intriguing for a lot of reasons. You get the Rockets versus the Timberwolves, and the Rockets blew the NBA out of the water this year. Chris Paul and James Harden said, shut up, doubters. <laughs> Two two dudes that love the ball in their hands. You think it's not gonna work? All right, best record in the NBA. Say something now. That's what they're saying. James Harden said, okay. You don't think you don't think I can make this work? All right, look at these MVP type numbers. Now watch me win MVP. Then you say, okay, two superstars, they don't have a big three. How's that gonna work? Man, they surround this team with a whole lot of shooters. And Mike Dantoni's styles just is perfect for that. Perfect. Now of course I have worries about the Rockets and playoff basketball. How will they fit them? And if you know Mike Dantoni as a coach in the past, you know in the playoffs his amazing offenses sometimes tend to crumble. I mean last year, several years with the Suns, and even with the Lakers. So We'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But let's talk about the Timberwolves. Timberwolves had a really good year. They they weren't going to be the eighth seed. They were not supposed to be the eighth seed. Jimmy Butler gets hurt. Jimmy Butler was this team. Jimmy Butler was the life of this team. And he went down, and they crumbled. Andrew Wiggins, frustrated, wants a bigger role. And it's ugly to watch at times. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is talented, but he's quite frankly – just left to stand around in corners and wait on Jimmy Butler or Carl Carl Anthony Towns to give him the ball. He doesn't get a lot of opportunities like he wants to in this offense. And it's frustrating for him. But the Timberwolves defense is trash. Like for it's horrible for to have so many athletes, Jeff T who's been one of, you know, one of the most explosive point guards in the NBA for a while. He's not as explosive as he once was, but Jeff Teague. Then you got Jimmy Butler. I mean, first of all, I'm not talking about Jimmy Butler when I talk about this bad defense. With Jimmy Butler, they are the number 13 defense in the NBA, but without him, oh, they're they're in the bottom 3. Like it's bad. And Andrew Wiggins, he he's got all the athleticism you want out of a player of his caliber, but it hasn't just translated over to the defensive end yet in his career. And just as a team, they're not a very good defensive team. They're not your normal Tom Thibodeau defensive team like we saw in Chicago all of those years. And it's worrisome. But I will say this. The Rockets are the number one isolation team in the league, and it's worked for them all year. You put the ball in pick and roll at James Harden hands, he destroys your big man. Or Chris Paul, same thing, he destroys your big man. Lob to Capella, kick it out in the corner to Ryan Anderson, PJ Tucker, Trevor Reza, Eric Gordon, three ball, Thayah. So, it's, I mean, the simplicity of the Rocket style play will make it easier on this defense, is what I'm saying. Will make it easier on this Timberwolves defense. And what I mean by that is. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's not going to just let you set that pick on him. Jimmy Butler, gonna, he's going to try to get through it. Jimmy Butler's a tough defender. Jimmy Butler's going to take pride in wanting to guard James Harden, and he's going to make it tough on Harden. And like I said, it's playoff basketball. They're going to let a lot more go. James Harden's going to get his free throws, but they're, they're going to let these, these guys play. And that's going to play into the Timberwolves' advantage a little bit because if you can neutralize – James Harden with a guy like Jimmy Butler, then, okay, now you have a somewhere to start because if James Harden isn't controlling the game the way he wants to, you're limited in the Rockets' offense. So, with all that good being said, I still think the Rockets will win this series because the Timberwolves have one of the worst benches in the league, one of the worst benches in the league. And... Maybe it's not one of the worst benches in the league. They simply just don't get the time. Tom Thibodeau uses his starters more than anyone in the NBA. Uh, Of course, he's known for young Jimmy Butler in Chicago when he played 48 minutes a game in a series. He didn't come out. He's a freak of nature. But, I mean, he rides his starters so much, and the players notice it. I mean, Jeff Teague said one time, hopefully he gives the bench guys a little more time because we get tired. And, I mean, obviously you are. I mean, everybody's not Jimmy Butler. Everybody's not going to play 45 minutes and, you know, you have the same amount of energy as they did early in the game. So what I'm saying is the Rockets will probably eventually wear them down. And the Rockets the Rockets are very good, but something to keep an eye on is Lukumbah Mute is going to miss this series. Um, what makes the Rockets very good to me, is not the offense, but the defense has been very strong this year. Mute is the only player in the NBA who spends over 20% of his time guarding at least three positions, point guard, shooting guard, small forward. He, he guards them all. I mean, the guy is versatile, and he can get the job done, but they're not going to have him in this series. So that will be interesting as well. But I still think without him, the Rockets can't get it done because they still have P.J. Tucker, who I think should be on um, all-defensive team. So, Rockets. Now, the two versus seven is also interesting. You got the Dubs, the Warriors, for those who are uncommon with the dub term. And then you got San Antonio Spurs who always move in silent. But they haven't been in silent this year. I mean, the noise with Kawhi Leonard has been as loud as anything in recent memory with the Spurs. But I'll make this one a little quicker. I think it'll be an ugly series. Like, this isn't going to be fun to watch for a lot of people. This is not going to be your splashy dubs, 120 points. And, you know, the Spurs are going to play that that grinded-out style because they're going to run their offense through LaMarcus Aldridge. Kawhi Leonard's not here, and... I mean, they're gonna run their offense through LaMarcus Aldridge, and it's they go as far as he goes. Draymond Green versus LaMarcus Aldridge will be the matchup to key on, but I think the Warriors will win this series. Like I said, it'll be ugly. I mean, this won't be for the pretty eyes. If you want to see the flashy three pointers and and all that, this isn't just a series to watch. This is gonna be a good old fashioned heavyweight fight. Warriors taking it. Three versus six, I was very impressed. With the three seed this year, the the Blazers? I mean, Damian Littles an MVP candidate, if you didn't know that already. I mean, the guy's been amazing this year. C.J. McCollum's been amazing. And role players are stepping up for them this year. I mean, Al Aminu, Evan Turner, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, players are stepping up for the Blazers this year. It's not just a two-man show as in recent memory. And you know, on Nurkic. Joseph Nurkic is a center. I like him. But I like the Pelicans, too. I mean, if you think this team is a one-man show, you're crazy, you haven't been watching them. Anthony Davis has been amazing this year. and Davis is an MVP candidate. But Drew Holiday, <laughs> Drew Holiday's no scrub. I mean, that guy can ball. He got paid like he can ball. Go check his contract. And... I mean, Rondo has been a very nice addition to that team. And, I mean, I like this team. Of course, Miritich was a nice addition. You put him in, he can stretch the floor. Emeka Okafor, who um, took over for DeMarcus Cousins, and he, he he he's done a really good job. But <laughs> with all that good being said, I'm taking the Blazers. Taking the Blazers. Oh, and this will be the most interesting matchup in my eyes. The Thunder versus the Jazz. It's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Now, familiarize yourself with these two teams. The Thunder came in all oh, the hype. Russell Westbrook has his help now. Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, who needs Kevin Durant, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. The Jazz. Oh, they lose Gordon Hayward. They're heartbroken. What are they going to do? They're going to crumble. They won't be as good anymore. The Jazz are the five seed now. And the Jazz had one of the best turnarounds in the league. The Jazz were 19 and 28. 19 and 28. Out of the playoff pitcher, no one saw it coming. Then they went on win streak, got the win streak. Donovan Mitchell stamped his name in the rookie of the year running. And now they're balling. I mean, they've had one of the best records in the NBA since that 19 and 28 start and you look at the Thunder it's just a big bottle of inconsistency one game you're like man this team can probably beat the Warriors at full strength then the next game you're like this team could get swept by the Warriors without Stephen Curry (laughs) and I mean they're a big bottle of inconsistency Russell Westbrook another triple double year He's been amazing. He's been the best player on that team for obvious reasons. When he's on that court, they're they're very they're dominant. I mean, I, he's had one of the best plus minuses in the NBA this year. Paul George started the year very strong. His shooting hasn't been as well. His his defense has been been key, but they're gonna need him to play like PG thirteen. Not Paul George. They're going to need him to play like PG-13 in the playoffs. Carmelo, Anthony, he's adjusting to this new role. And, I mean, it's it's been ugly. But, I mean, he's had his good. He's had his bad. And I want to see Carmelo succeed. I mean, he came in with LeBron, and they were so hyped and blah, blah, blah. And you look at what LeBron's doing. Then you got Melo. It makes Melo's career look bad in a way. But if you just think about it, Melo's been amazing in his career. But – of course, Melo will have to play better, but man, this is the toughest series to pick. You look at a guy like Russell Westbrook who likes to get downhill, and you look at it, like man, he's gonna have to shoot the ball in this series because him going downhill. There's this guy. I don't know if you ever heard of him. He has like a seven foot nine wingspan. And he's gonna win Defensive Player of the Year this year. I don't know if you heard of him, but but he block he blocks a lot of balls. Think think he's from France. Um, Man, Rudy Grobert. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but, man, Rudy Gobert. I mean, quite as simple. I mean, defense player of the year in my eyes, unless Joel Embiid or Al Horford somehow, some way. It's not happening. Anyways, Rudy Gobert has been amazing. He is the best player on that team. He's, I mean, he makes that defense as good as it, it is. And you look at not even the blocks, just how many shots he alters, and the way the Jazz play defense is so funny to me because sometimes they're like, "Okay, you want to drive? Here, blow past me." <laughs> you know why they said that? Because there's this dude with this seven foot nine wingspan right behind them. That's like, "Come on, you gonna lay it up over me?" And I mean, that's that's Russell Westbrook's specialty. I mean, he can go at most centers in this league, but man, you look at Rudy Gobert, you are like. Look, Russell, you're going to have to pull up for that mid-range jumper a little bit more this series. And, man, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. Seven games. I'm going to pick the Thunder to to edge this one out, though. I think the Thunder's offensive weapons will be the difference. Defensively, they're both good. The Jazz are great. The Thunder are good on defense. But defensively, it'll be a very, you know, nice series to watch. And Donovan Mitchell, he's the Jazz' best scoring option. Joe Ingles is one of the best spot-up shooters in the league. I mean, you kick it out to him, close your eyes, die off. It's good. But Donovan Mitchell is your go-to guy. He's a rookie. And Russell Westbrook, Paul George, when those guys want to take it up a notch on defense, they can do it, and they're not going to let a rookie just just torch them. Now, Donovan Mitchell, he's probably going to get his, but uh, it'll be a fun series to watch. I think seven games, Thunder take it. So, if you just noticed something about my picks, I picked all the higher seeds to win, and, yeah, I know. I mean, I just did all that talking about how competitive it'll be this year, and I still picked all the higher seeds to win. I mean, I don't see any sweeps. Is what I'm saying. Maybe the Cavs and Pacers, maybe that's a sweep. And but besides that one, I don't see. I mean, I feel like the Pelicans can probably get can get a game out of the Blazers. Maybe even more. I think the Wolves can get a game out of the Rockets, as long as Jimmy Butler's playing. But I don't. I don't see. Any any sweeps besides, I mean, unless injuries happen. Hopefully, you know, they don't. But all with all that said, NBA playoffs will be very exciting this year. Looking forward to when Joel Embiid gets back, Stephen Curry gets back, Lukumbah Mute gets back. And, you know, a lot of these top-tier teams can go up even another notch, flex their muscle in the playoffs. But, yeah, tune in. It'll be a very exciting year in the playoffs this year. But that's all with the NBA coverage, and that'll wrap it up on this episode of Ice Cold Sports News. We out.